This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Thanks for taking the time to download this BBC Radio 5 Live podcast. To search for other podcasts you might like, click bbc.co.uk slash 5 Live, where you'll also find our terms of use. Heather Knight, the England captain, captain of the Western Storm, who have made KSL Finals Day again this year. It's being played on Monday at Hove with commentary on Five Live Sports Extra. It's lovely to have you here, Heather. Thank you, I guess. Beaming broadly. You're not cold, are you? It's a bit chilly, isn't it? it? No. Chilly up north. This is north for me. It's not chilly at all. I'm very surprised (laughs) to see you in that puffer jacket. Anyway, now, look, first of all, before we talk about all these other things, how do you sit and watch the men here? Do you look at them where they've batted today and... growl a bit or do you um, a little bit I obviously have sympathy as a a player knowing how tough it is and and how easy it often is to to look look in obviously on on players but um, yeah I guess it's been a little bit disappointing Um, they haven't shown a huge amount of fight at the moment Um, really hoping that that Stokes and Butler can can dig in here and and at least salvage a little bit from this game have a little bit of time in the middle um, and and start playing the ball late play it um, Exactly how they they should be, I guess. Yeah, is it, is it tough? And and you know, some have been playing one day cricket, T Twenty cricket, and so on. Is it? Do you think it, that is a valid reason, excuse, if you like, for the lack of defensive play? Is it? Is that? Is it fair enough to cite that? Do you think? I mean, you yeah, I do. I do feel some sympathy. Obviously, I don't play a huge amount of red ball cricket, no. but I can imagine it's very very difficult switching between white ball and red ball. Um, obviously, in white ball cricket, you. Your main outcome is to go and meet the ball and, and hit it, and I imagine it's very hard to, to sort of rein that in and, and wait for the ball to, to come to you and, and not try and push at it. So, and also when it's coming down at sort of high 80s, 90 miles an hour, obviously yes. it's exaggerated. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that has something to do with it, I guess. But the best players in the world, Virat Kohli, for example, ad- adapts in that way. He's, he's batted brilliantly yesterday. It was brilliant to watch, um, yeah, mostly from a cricket a fan's master. But you've done it. You've, you've blocked a day out. Before, haven't you, in a test match? I mean, what, what, what were you telling yourself when you were going through that? Because that would have been a real change of game for you, for reasons that you've just said. I mean, it always strikes me, and I wasn't a batsman, Heather, um, but it always got me, I've always got a grumpy with batsmen who just came back and said, oh, that's the way I play. And you think, no, adapt, you know, you've got to be able to change your games a bit. And you obviously did that day. What were you telling yourself? How did you make yourself see that day out? Literally as simple as take it ball by ball. I kept trying to tell myself to win the next ball, not try and get too hard far ahead of yourself it's obviously really hard to to sort of when you look at the enormity of the task sometimes you've got a bat for for two hours each session and there might be sort of two three sessions ahead of you so it's it's very difficult not to look too far ahead but when I've probably found it the most easiest I've looked at win the next ball survive the next over try and score in five run blocks try and bat in sort of 15 minute minute intervals and, and sort of try and see it that way and, and then the the task becomes a lot more bite size I guess a lot yeah. a lot more manageable but it's, it's not easy at all and, and it's something that I've found very very tricky when I've played test cricket obviously not playing a huge amount um, of any multi-format um, sort of stuff in, in any form of cricket bar obviously test matches which you don't play very often it's, it's very tricky to, to kind of adapt to, to the mindset as well of it not just yeah. the, the technical aspect do, do, you, do you hanker a bit after test cricket would you like to play more of it oh, I'd love to I absolutely love test cricket I was saying next door that um Probably some of my best moments on the cricket field have, have been in the whites. Um, sort of the elation when you work so hard for wickets, the elation of taking a test yes. wicket. Plans, um, real plans. Yeah, plans come together. The yeah. the mental aspect of the game. Um, I can understand why. Obviously, in the women's game, we don't play a huge amount, but 
when we do it really is special and it um, really is great to to play as a player and yeah. I'd, I'd love to play more See, I like your format though I think I think some men's, yeah, I, do too. I think some men's yeah. could take that on you know not, not, sort of not the ashes or something but I think there's certain areas of the men's game internationals um, with, well with Afghanistan coming in and Ireland as well where they could play I think series like that of, of points for one day and, and, and then that big the big points for the test match that, that's, it does seem to work well yeah it works brilliantly for us um, yeah. obviously it's been in place for the ashes sort of the last three series I think and we've got our ashes series at, at home next next summer and it, it really sort of brings test cricket I guess into into our game obviously before it was sort of a one match series and it was um, very difficult I guess to, to kind of get into the ebb and flow of it um, when it's just a one off match obviously yes if you got a draw and you, you already had the ashes, you would retain it. So it made it quite tricky not to, to play sort of a negative brand of cricket if you, if you obviously had that test match but, um, or had the ashes, sorry, previously. But I think it works really well, obviously, with the, the T20 and the 50-over yeah. the format and, and the point system, how it works. It, it really sort of builds a narrative as the, as the series goes on. You, you get the battles, not just in the test match, in the, in the one day and the, the 20, um, 20 stuff as well. So, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's made it... More watchable and it's brought Test cricket back a little bit, I think, um, from the wilderness. Yeah, I like, like, like it. I think some, certainly uh, areas of the men's game for that. Questions for Heather? Uh, BBC, uh, TMS at bbc.co.uk, that's the email address. TMS at bbc.co.uk or at bbctms. So you can hashtag Ask Heather. There you go, you've got your yeah. own hashtag, Heather. So uh, let's kick off, shall we? Uh, Chris Castley from East Sutton Cricket Club in Maidstone says, Seeing as the England Test team, seem to crumble at the slightest hint of pressure. What advice and lessons can you pass on to the men's team ahead of next year's World Cup in England, especially in terms of dealing with expectation from the fans and the media? That's a good question, actually, isn't it? Did, did you yeah, feel expectation and so on? Yeah, we did. I think the, the men's ODI team don't need too much advice. The, the no. place they're at at the moment. But um, it was a brilliant experience to be at home, part of a home World Cup. And it really felt like a a bigger and better tournament than it had ever been before in the women's game and you, you started to to sense that it was something a bit different about the tournament sort of in the weeks leading up to it there was so much more media scrutiny so many more people knew about the tournament and, and were asking questions about it and as the, the tournament went on the momentum gathered obviously as we started doing well and you really sort of sensed um, the support I guess um, and the pressure a little bit as well but as a team, we, we tried to embrace it quite a lot. We tried to, to stay in our own little world as well. Quite a few of us went off social media. Um, I went off social media for, for all of the tournament and, and found it quite useful because it, it was quite easy to, to just stay in our little bubble, not really realise yeah. sort of the fuss and the, the noise that was going on around it, I guess. It's, it's a little bit harder when you're at home. Obviously, when you, you've got the newspaper and you've got everyone telling you kind of what's going on, but... Um, we kept it really simple, simple as we could. We kept our preparation for every game the same. Preparation for the final was exactly the same as it was for any of the group games or any, any game we would play all over the world. And it was literally as simple as, as one game as it comes and, and try and stay in the process of it all when, when the pressure's truly on in that World Cup final, trying to make it really simple. Annie Shrubshaw, for example, when she, yes. she bowled that spell, she literally had two balls in her head, a full straight one and a, a slow ball into the pitch. Right, I, I, it's on the loop uh, before, we, before we go on air. Often it's on my headphones, that commentary of Anya getting that last wicket. I mean, a great moment, that was it. One of those little spine tinglers. I, I suppose what, is, is the, what you're saying is that you've got to remember that it's support, it's encouragement, it's actually positive out there, although it feels like pressure, uh, thinking of the England team next year. But actually it's everyone just wanting them to do well, isn't it? It's not, it's not bad pressure as such, it's, 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 it's good pressure, is it? 
Yeah, it is. I, I think so. And obviously, there'll be the expectation there yeah. for the team, considering how well they've done in ODI cricket. Probably go into the tournament as favourites as, as hosts as well. But it's about making sure you embrace that support and, and realise that everyone is behind you and and find your little windows to get away as well. The, the great thing about playing at home is you have your home comforts, you, you have a, the odd day off to, to go and see family, go and get away from cricket and, and relax, and, and that's the, the benefit of playing at home, and I'm, I'm sure the boys will be able to do that. Yeah. Has, has your world changed since a year ago? I mean, how, how, are you recognised out Yeah, there it's the changed a lot. I've had a, a few odd um, instances of being recognised. I was getting changed in the gym, so I was just in my underwear, and, and some lady recognised me, which was, was quite interesting. It's uh, not sure it was gym etiquette to, to <laughs> ask me um, a no. few questions about cricket. It was a little bit awkward in, in just my underwear. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, right, it, it's, it's definitely changed for, for all of the team. We, um, women's cricket's a lot more on the map now. People know what we're doing, um, which is, is brilliant for the game. Yeah, I think people respect it a lot more too, don't you think? You know, winners getting behind the team and say, hang on a minute, this really, is, this really is something. Yeah, I think last year probably changed a lot of people's perceptions, I think, about yeah. women's cricket um, and the standard throughout the competition from all the teams was very, very good. And I think people that watched it for the first time were, were very impressed. And um, obviously to have that day at Lords, yeah. I never thought it would happen to sell out Lords, to have, I think it was 200 million people watching around the world, um, albeit a large proportion in India, I'm sure. <laughs> Indeed. It, it was a day I'd never thought I'd see for women's cricket. Yeah. And it feels like there's a real um, sort of momentum, I guess, behind it now following that. Um, and yeah, it's an exciting place to be. It's a um, brilliant time, I guess, to, to be a women's cricketer. Right. Excellent. Uh, Ashley Heath says, I've got a cricket-mad 14-year-old daughter who's having a successful season. She's got 500 runs under 17 and under 15 level for Cheshire. How important do you think it is to be playing for one of the big six-tier teams if she wants to progress her cricket to a professional level? Well, brilliant. Sounds like a good season. It sounds good, doesn't it? I wouldn't mind those figures. You sign her up. Yeah, get her in. Um, yeah, look, I, I think now in women's cricket, there's that pathway. There's the obviously the Super League, which, which young um, kids can aspire to. And um, obviously there's the county game as well. And yes. I know there's plans in place to potentially um, make, make that less amateur, I think, and, and become semi-professional in the long run. Um, but yeah, I think playing... Scoring those type of runs and playing as much cricket as you can, um, that's how you get noticed, I guess. I was from a smaller county when I grew up in Devon and it often felt like it was very hard to get noticed, I guess. So for me, it was about scoring volume of runs um, in county cricket as much as I could to, to try and progress um, and make it on to ultimately the England Academy, which is um, the level below England team. Yes. And what, what, how did your pathway work? Because there must be that point where girls playing with boys and so on there's that sort of line isn't there when suddenly you know do you carry on playing in those sort of mixed teams and, and at what point do you have to move out it's it, it can be a bit complicated I guess can it or is it clearer now for for young girls who are playing as to what their route should be yeah I guess it can be a bit complicated but I'd always encourage any sort of girl growing up to play the best standard of, of cricket that they can and, and quite often that's boys or men's cricket I played Boys cricket, I played for Devon boys teams up to under 13s. I played for my men's team, um, played with my older brother down in, in Plimstock in Plymouth. Right. And what sort of standard was that? Yeah, it was okay. Um, it, it wasn't bad. I sort of played in the A division um, right. down quite, there. Quite fast, but I mean, fast. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was sort of quicker bowling than um, probably I was used to at that age. Yeah. Um, probably similar bowling, maybe slightly more erratic than, than international women's bowling now. Um, there was a few sort of good overseas players that played in the league. Uh, Plimstock wasn't the best deck either. It was <laughs> quite often uncovered. A bit um, sporty, was it? 
Yeah, quite quite slow, <laughs> quite low. Um, okay. It actually played better when it was wet, interestingly. So it? It, it skidded through. Um, oh, right. Yeah, it's not often you wake <laughs> up on a Saturday and, so, and oh, pray great, it's been great. raining a little bit. But um, yeah, look, I, th- I think playing the best standard you can as a girl. And then the systems are so much better than they were when I was growing up in terms of women's cricket. Um, there's so many more opportunities to, to play for teams and um, various sort of stages to get involved in the pathway. Yeah. What's the point where you think, actually, if you're a young girl playing, young woman playing, that you, you've got to go off the women's route, really? What, is there a kind of an age, do you think, where actually the men's game is bigger? faster, harder or whatever. And so that's when you, you, you almost do have to break away. Uh, I don't think so. I think if I could, I'd probably still play men's cricket yes. now if I had the time. But you're, but um, you're an international cricketer. Yeah, that's true. Sort of, uh, uh, sort of average, you know, I think it's, it's finding the, the right level, isn't it? That's the brilliant thing about cricket. There's so many different levels, so many different people can play the game. And um, if you can slot in at a level that suits you, play against um, sort of even men's teams that... That are not as not the first team, or it might be a Sunday team, or whatever. It's it's yes. finding the level um, that you're comfortable at, that you that you enjoy playing at. Um, that's going to be the best thing. Yeah, I think it's great. I love seeing girls, women play village cricket and so on. There's no reason why they shouldn't, is there? I mean, people get a bit sniffy about it sometimes. I think it's, it's, it's yeah, I definitely way. had a few comments when I was growing up I bet um, you down did. in deepest darkest Devon. I, I that's bet for you sure. did. Probably not <laughs> anything like it. Joel, age 13, and Elliot, age 10, in Hampshire, says, "What is the thing that needs to happen to women's cricket to put it further?" into the public eye well it's doing pretty well at the moment isn't it World yeah it's Cup doing well but I think it's not being complacent as well it's, yeah. it's keep trying to grow it um, can you believe how fast it's all happened by the way not really no it's, it's quite crazy how fast it it's, is it's developed it's how, how much the skill levels have improved as well and yeah. um, I can only see that, that going, going in one direction keep getting better but I think more international cricket um, is going to be key. I was actually at a, a FICA sort of women's playing committee meeting yesterday. So um, various sort of players from around, around the world sort of got together and it was the first time we'd sort of talked about the women's game and the issues in the women's game. And one of the big things that came up was, was the amount of cricket, international cricket that's played obviously, and fitting in obviously alongside domestic cricket as well. Yes. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that will improve the standard even more, playing more international games. Um, you generally find in the women's games, there's players coming through that are really talented, but they haven't had as much game time as, as say, a, a boy that was their age um, would have played. So they don't have that experience, they don't have that sort of game savviness. So I think the more sort of international cricket we can play, the the more we can fit in, um, the women's calendar isn't as congested as, as the men's at the moment. So it's, it's trying to find that right balance where there's enough cricket to, to obviously push the game forward. Yeah, I was interested, I was talking to a fellow who was hoping to be part of a Cricket USA board. And uh, it would be wonderful to have cricket played there as a, as a major sport, wouldn't it? But he was, he was saying, and he re- really meant it, he felt the best way to promote cricket in the States is for the women's game, actually. Because if they were to get a, a team together... They, they, they can probably start playing international cricket earlier. They can get actually a proper international team going. Um, there's, there's not the big catch-up, you know, between in the men's game between just coming in. I mean, yeah, you know, Afghanistan true. and Ireland have had to go a bit of a route, haven't they, to, to get to where they are. Mm. Um, in the women's game, it might be easier to get in. And he was really, he was actually he really sold the argument to me that that. that, that Women's cricket could be the best way to project cricket in the States. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I've, I've only been to the States once, so I'd love to, to go and play cricket there. The Florida um, or something. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Isha goes Hindu, actually, to, to Las Vegas last year. Oh, so, sure. that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was my only visit to America. That but must have been pre- a pretty wild trip, I should think, though, Isha. Oh, not at all. Like, it's all, all culture and, and sightseeing, yeah. 
what stays on tour, is it? <laughs> happens on tour. Okay, oh, fair enough. You're not, not going to be drawn on that, are you? Definitely not. All right. Um, let's get another question, shall we? Um, so remember, the email again is uh, uh, tms at bbc.co.uk for more questions. For Heather, uh, the men are struggling. We've got 15 minutes to go until lunch, and they're effectively five wickets down. They're 84 for four, but I don't think we're going to see Johnny Bairstow. Can you imagine batting with a broken middle finger on your left hand? Oh, it depends what type of break it is, I think. Um, yeah. I imagine it would be very hard work, very painful. Um, I actually broke my thumb in the ashes in November and had to, to try and bat with it two days later, and it was um, yeah not the, not the most pleasant of experiences. Bethany from Acton. We love watching the Kia Super League the last couple of years, supporting the Surrey Stars. You've got to do, deal with them on Monday, haven't you? Ebony's mob, isn't it? Um, are you sad about the demise of the competition? Now, this is a really interesting state of affairs, isn't it? And that you've had effectively these teams set up, six of us, or franchises, aren't they? That you've had to work hard to develop, to promote, and to, to have an identity. And yet in 2020, only a couple of years down the line now, they're going to go. And you've got to start all over again because you're going to be mirroring the men's hundred or whatever it's going to be that they're going to be playing. Um, how does that feel? That, is, are you a bit sad about that? Yeah, you I, also I, work very hard to have, have promoted your team. As well. Yeah, I think it's bittersweet, to be honest. I think yeah. the KSL has done brilliantly. It's done the job it was set out to do to, to sort of create that um, competition below international level that would kind of bridge the gap, I guess. And um, it's been really good fun, actually, trying to create an identity from nothing, trying to develop a, a bit of a culture at Western Storm. Obviously how how do you start it? How do, how do you go about setting up a new team? Because, it, I mean, it's going to happen with the men's too, isn't it? In the, in the hundred or where it's going to be, there are going to be these eight teams that are going to start from scratch. What's your experience of actually doing that? Well, I even got asked to, to help design the logo, so that Did was you? interesting, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think my my suggestions were rejected, luckily, right. so I'm not, not the most artistic. Did you draw it? No, I didn't. Oh. I just uh, got asked my opinion on a right. few things. And you could um, start with a blank sheet of paper? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, well, you're a Western girl. What did you come up with? It was very average. They actually changed the logo last year oh. uh, for the one that I, I approved, so it okay. uh, obviously wasn't that good in the end. No. But, um, yeah, it's a really exciting prospect, actually, creating a new team. Obviously, we played a lot of our games at Taunton and Bristol, which is a, a brilliant place yes. to play cricket. Um, I'd be very sad if, if cricket was lost there, I think, in the, in the new competition. And um, the support for the women's game down there has, has been brilliant. Um, you've got the logo in front of you. Henry, very naughtily, he's in that sort of mood today, <laughs> has put in the, the logo here, which is the one that you did. So have. this was the, the, the nice one that was for the first two years. The and zingy and this ones. The, and the now it's one. gone to the little sort of, yes. OK, well, I, I, that's nothing wrong with that one. Is there? I didn't actually draw it myself. I just I thought it was okay. I think looking back, I think the new logo is a lot better. It's quite bright and colourful, but uh, but it's going to go. I mean, it's yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the whole thing does work because the, people might realise this, but but the T Twenty is going to go effectively, isn't it? When you're not going to play any T Twenty domestic cricket, you're going to play whatever it is that is devised, be it a hundred or whatever it might be, and that's going to be. Your, your well, your league, isn't it? So yeah. So the the KSA will be replaced by yes. the the new competition, whatever it's going to be, uh, whatever it will be. You, you know, you were part of the panel, weren't you? That only three, I think, only three people were consulted initially. Uh, I was you? consulted briefly on on sort of what the the plans potentially were going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm not part think? of any sort of panel moving forward, but I, I think it's it will be a good thing. I think it will be successful. I think the good thing for the women's game is sort of been put on a on a pedestal with the men I guess um, we've been promised that there's going to be sort of the same push around the, the women's game that there is the men for this new competition and I think the the sort of 
the reach and the, the scope of that is, is going to be a brilliant thing for the women's game, obviously back on terrestrial television, which yes. um, is a massive bonus, I think. For the women's game. Um, You'll be spotted in your underwear in the gym more often if you're on the on Well, the I hope not. Hopefully not. Um, but I also I also think it's important that the T20 below, um, obviously the new competition is, there's some sort of domestic structure in place, yes. um, obviously to replace the KSL, because a lot of international cricket that we do play is, is T20 cricket. Um, and obviously in a, in a shortened format, 100 ball format as well, there's not going to be the, the opportunity, I guess, for, for young players to make a bigger impact as there is in T20. I know it's only sort of four overs short, but um, it can be hard as a young player coming in to, to put your mark, obviously, as the shorter the game, the more, uh, well, sorry, the less players are likely to dominate it. So um, I do think it's really important that the structure below the 100 ball or whatever, whatever the new competition will be is um, really clear and in place and, and obviously allows us to, to have some form of meaningful domestic T20 cricket. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, there's been a lot of stuff put out there about this new tournament. And I, who knows whether it's, how much of it is true, true or not. But I would imagine that because it is going to be your your preparation for, well, World T20s and so on, isn't it? I mean, you're not going to want too much gimmickry, are you? I mean, because you're, this is it. This is what you'll be picking your England team from, actually, for the World T20 and so on, won't you? So you, stuff about no LBWs and things, I mean, that's, that's not really the way to go for, 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 be for you for that or not? Ideally not, no. I, no. I think hopefully a lot of the, the skills will be transferable. Um, I think it will potentially help bowlers improve their skills as well obviously 16 overs the batters are kind of going to come even harder oh, yeah. and have even more freedom um <laughs> than they do at the moment so you real sort of top Poor class old bowlers bowler, really I'm yeah, like I to bowl a 10 ball over <laughs> that would that would be hard work and there's not many seamers standing up to do that poor um, anya will be running in she'll, be, she'll get a sweat on bowling a 10 baller <laughs> she's already said she's not bowling <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, so. I'll, I'll bet she has <laughs> oscar sumter on email when will we see a woman playing for a men's international team. Arguably the best wicketkeeper in the world at the moment is Sarah Taylor. In fact, Adam Gilchrist said it on this very programme. He said that the best wicketkeeper in the world is Sarah Taylor. Could it happen or, or not? I mean, Sarah gave it a bit of a go, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Look, I think physiologically the, the men and women's game are, are very different. Men obviously bowl a lot quicker than we do and, and it's something we're not used to. We're not, we don't grow up facing sort of quick bowling and could you get used to it though do you think yeah, if you went into I'm a bowling sure. machine it's, it's a question I've been asked a lot uh, potentially um, I think um, there is actually a, a decreased reaction time physiologically in women so um, compared to men I think I learned that at uni I can't remember my Did degree you? very well but I'm glad you said that rather than <laughs> me because I would get, get angry there's going to be someone someone on the text saying I'm wrong yeah. but um, there is actually a small as far as I'm aware reaction time difference and physiologically um, women naturally aren't as strong so to be honest, I, I don't see a, a time where that's going to happen. But no. I think the women's game's in a place now where it's appreciated for its skill level. And, yes. and Sarah, I think Adam Gilchrist is bang on. She's, some of the stuff she does She's is, amazing. Yeah. is outrageous um, that no one else can do. And, and I think it's high praise indeed yeah. and, and much deserved. I suppose a wicketkeeper actually is about the one position where you could, in a men's game, see a, see a woman because you know, the throwing or whatever it may be. But actually keeping wicked... Yeah, definitely. Her you standard. see how skillful Sarah is. Absolutely. With the gloves, how fast her hands are. Yeah. No, the proper. Well, would you change anything about the women's game? Would you, would you? Again, you hear things about you know lack of pace on the ball. Would shorten the pitch? People say and those sort of things. I mean, does that stuff wind you up, or can you see any logic to those sort of arguments? Is there, any, is there anything you think that the women's game needs? Or uh, I can see the logic. Personally, we talked a little bit about this at the FICA meeting yesterday, but. I don't see why you would change a product that's, that's on its way up. Women's cricket is, yeah. is obviously on the rise. Um, and it, 
at the moment. It doesn't need to be tinkered with too much, I don't think. Um, if it was sort of not popular and no one wanted to watch it, then I, I could see see the logic in it, I guess. Um, and I do actually think short and pitches are, is better for for age groups growing up in the women's game. You, you get bowlers um, the bowl with better actions. They hit the pitch a little bit more, and, and that obviously gives them the skills going forward to, to obviously go into to the the longer pitch and the the um, well, full 22 yards as, as you, you move up into international cricket. Um, but no, I, don't, I wouldn't change too much. Whenever I get asked what one rule would you change in cricket, I would um, actually ban bowlers from bowling in a hat because occasionally you get bowlers bowling in a hat and I always think it looks dreadful. From bowling in a hat? Who bowls in a hat? Jeffrey Boyd got used to bowling in a cap. He, he, did, he, did look at, he, he did look at Pratt. So Aaron Brindle. She Aaron Brindle bowls, yeah. in, bowls in a hat, yeah. Oh, so you'd, you'd ban that? I would ban that. Okay. That would be the one royal change. <laughs> Nina from Edinburgh, Smriti Mandana and Harman Preet, core amazing players. Are India the best team in the world? That's a controversial question for the captain of England. I think they're a developing side. Um, we obviously played against them a little bit in the last year or so and we went to, to India and played a T20 tri-series with them. And they're a very good side, no doubt. Um, we've obviously played with Smriti closely at... Yes. At Western Storm, and um, she's yeah, she's a very good player, Harper, very yeah. good player indeed. Um, she's been brilliant for us at the top of the order. She's taught me a little bit of Hindi as well, which was was good fun. That's useful. Yeah, so first innings, um, I actually batted with her down in Taunton, and she said she was getting a little bit bit tired and was finding it hard to call in English. So I asked her, <laughs> how, "How do you call in Hindi then?" No. And um, she said it was ha, which means no. It's spelled H A A N. But the way she said it, it was ha, oh, okay. which obviously sounds quite a lot like nah. So yes. um, it could have been a slight issue. That could with have the been running. a disaster. It could have been. Luckily, she kept it in boundaries, and we, we didn't <laughs> have to use it too much. Um, but well, yeah, I think it's they've been brilliant additions to the to the Super League. They they bring a new audience, I think, to the yes. women's game, um, and the popularity of women's cricket over there is, is changing massively. Women's T20 coming up, of course, in the West Indies, and um, we'll have full commentary of all of that. And uh, Philip in Tooting says, do you feel under pressure to perform in the upcoming World T20 because of the success last year? I mean, how, how much of a crossover is going to be, 50 to 20? How are you going to cut that down? And do, do we start as favourites for that? Who's, no, I don't, pretty, I don't think we will start as favourites. over there themselves, aren't they, Windies? Yeah, they are. They're the, yeah. the reigning champions. Yeah. And, and obviously in their home conditions. Um, I don't think we'll go in as favourites. I think... In T20 cricket, uh, we've played some really exciting cricket over the last couple of years, but have been a little bit inconsistent. So I think potentially Australia uh, might go in as favourites. They've obviously been very successful in World T20 events. Um, but I think we'll, we'll hopefully be in a good place to, to play well. We've, we've shown glimpses of where we could be as a T20 team. Some of the, the chases we had in India, yes. um, a chase we had in the last game of the, the Ashes multi-format series out in Australia in November as well, sort of showed glimpses of, of where we could be as a T20 side and, and after this summer the way we played it's it's become a lot clearer sort of our best 11 which is obviously a good place to be going into that tournament Do you get a glimpse of what it's like um, when you travel around about playing in different conditions because you are predominantly playing T20 do, do, do you get therefore what, what we're lucky enough to have in the men's game of having to adapt to well, spin for instance in, in India I mean or are the pitches simply actually what you play on for T20 just usually more or less the same wherever you go well the last uh, World Cup we played in India um, was played on very very different surfaces so we played up at Dharamashala oh, yes. where there was a drought and oh, um, one, 110 115 was a good score it was uh, turning square and then we turned up for the semi-final at Delhi and it was on an absolute road so yeah you, you definitely do get that in T20 cricket um, I think 
the pitches in the West Indies potentially might be a little bit on the slow side. Yes. Um, from my experience being there a couple of years ago where we played on um, very slow turning wickets that were really hard work. So, um, yeah, you, you definitely do get the, the different conditions that you have to adapt to. Not perhaps these conditions, though. Chris from London played with you at the top of Kilimanjaro. I wonder what the conditions are like up there, but um, you, you got up there, did you? you, you yeah, there wasn't. Hiked we up. broke the world record for the highest ever cricket match, so oh. um, there wasn't a lot of oxygen up there. I mean, it's, it's a slog to get up. My steps under it, and I mean, there are a lot of casualties on the way, aren't there? Yeah, there was. I, uh, we went up quite slowly to, yeah. to obviously make sure that there was enough for us to, to play the cricket match. Um, Ashley Giles suffered a little bit from, from altitude sickness. He got a little bit grumpy oh, as, the, as the game went on. Um, just, he's like that all the time. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was, it was very surreal to, to be playing cricket at the top yeah. of Africa. What was the pitch like? We actually took a uh, plastic pitch up. <laughs> so the lovely porters that carried all our stuff, carried all the, the pitch and the cricket equipment up as well. And we sort of rolled it out in the, in the sandy crater and, and kind of had a game. That's brilliant. Uh, well, he does say, what's your best cricket moment, apart from playing for your club or country? What's, what's the highlight for you at the moment? Apart from winning the World Cup, and I know that's hard one to say, but I'm just throwing that in there because that obviously, I suppose, is, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's hard to look past, obviously, that, that day at Lords last year, the... The World Cup is not very often you get to play a home World Cup no. uh, once in a career, so that was, was definitely the highlight. Rhiannon Hillman, this is a good question. She's aged 12, she's sat in the stand at Trent Bridge, and she says, do you have any advice on being one of the only girls in a mixed team? And any advice on when to go to county trials? And we've sort of touched on that, didn't we? but what, what, what would you say to her? She's, she's 12, and she's obviously, well, she wants to follow you. Um, what would you say to her? I'd say... When you're sort of in that situation, and, and it was one I was often in as a youngster, you you always feel the pressure, I guess, to, to prove yourself, to, to show you that, you that you're good enough to be there. Um, but I'd give her the advice to accept that you're going to have bad days in cricket sometimes as well. Um, and obviously there's the pressure there to to prove yourself as, as a girl, but um, you're always going to have bad days and, and not, I guess, to listen to, to any noise around that. Just try and enjoy your cricket. And I'm sure the boys team will make you very welcome, as, as um, lots of players did when I was growing up. Yeah. Did you ever feel really cross because, oh, there's a girl coming in, right? Better be, better be careful on our lads, you know, and they sort of, you know what I mean? Well, it gave me an, an extra sort of zing to try and prove myself, yeah. I guess. And, and I think that's something I developed quite young, probably because of that, and something that. I've taken into to my career and into to my games with England. I always wanted to to show that I'm good enough, I guess, and, and prove myself and have that that sort of grit, I guess, to to try and do well. Uh, Jack's boy James Hobbs says, "Who took the longest to recover from their hangover after the World Cup final?" <laughs> That's the last question for you, Heather. Oh, I can't possibly answer that. I think you probably can't actually, remember. Actually, well, I actually had a bout of food poisoning, so I didn't enjoy my World no, Cup final evening that much, but. Catherine Brunton and Nat Siver did yeah. try and head into London Town with, um, well, still in full kit with their medals around their neck. And they? they actually got declined entry from a few places. Oh. So, well, there um, we go. There that you sounds go. like okay. I think the expression is they went large, isn't it? I was taught that last week, but I think Ebony <laughs> taught me that one. That sounds like Ebony. It does. There we go. Heather, it's lovely to see you. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thanks for answering Thanks all for these questions. Me. It's terrific. And good luck on Monday. Thank you very much. Yeah, go well. Thanks for taking the time to download this BBC Radio 5 Live podcast. To search for other podcasts you might like, click bbc.co.uk slash 5 Live, where you'll also find our terms of use.